Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Tamor Abdel, founder and CEO at Causal. Tamor, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. Looking forward to this. Love talking FPA, love talking shop. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So my background actually isn't in uh, finance or FPA. I actually studied maths at university and as a teenager and, and just kind of on the side, I got into programming and design and, and, and startups in general. And so that's kind of the angle that I'm coming from. I, 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 after graduating, I worked at a couple of different startups doing data science and, and a few other kinds of roles like that. And that was kind of my exposure to the world of finance from seeing the finance teams within those companies. And that's eventually what got us started you know, to think about so the idea that has now become causal. That's great. And have you had earlier startups or are you a serial entrepreneur? No, no, this is my, this is my first, first, first company. I had lots of side projects over the years. Most of them didn't go anywhere. A few of them made a you know, very small amount of money. But yeah, this is my first real company. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about the products and services that Causal offers. Yeah, absolutely. So the way to think about Causal is really as a very general number crunching tool, uh, a bit like a spreadsheet. You can use it for doing calculations, visualizing data, you know, pulling in data from different sources, uh, and obviously financial modeling, financial planning, and FP&A is a really big use case for this kind of tool. And you know, most people are using spreadsheets before they switch over to something like Causal. And so the way it typically works is you can make an account, you can connect your accounting system, your HR system, whatever it might be. We'll pull in all of that historical data. You can then, you know, a bit like a spreadsheet, write formulas and create scenarios and things like that, and then present them in dashboards. And, you know, we automate a lot of the stuff that's otherwise very, very manual in spreadsheets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, FP&A tool is so important as you scale moving beyond spreadsheets. And yeah, pulling in HR data, general ledger data, CRM data, you know, that, that finance needs to, to run the business and have that financial transparency. So what was in your history here? What was that? Was there a, a point, you know, or a conversation that led you to say, hey, I need to create this application? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in my my first job out of university, I was a data scientist here in London at a company called Nested. The company was about 80 people at the time. They had a finance team of a few people. And, you know, they had a lot of the typical challenges with their spreadsheet financial models that uh, a lot of companies have, where it was really manual to pull in data at the end of each month from the, the sort of product database, from the accounting system and so on. The actual model itself was very hard to maintain. I think only one person in the company actually understood how it worked. It was breaking all the time. And then when it came to presenting things and sharing things out to different teams, investors, and so on, also very manual, very clunky process. And so I, as the data scientist at Nested, I worked on a bunch of projects to try and you know automate some of these things and solve some of these problems that they were having with their financial models. And, and that was really what got me and uh, my co-founder, Lucas, to start to think about you know what would a better modeling or number crunching tool look like? Especially so amazing, obviously, and you can use them for for pretty much anything. But they haven't really evolved that much in the last forty years. If you if you look at a screenshot of Excel back in like nineteen ninety, it doesn't look that different today. You still have these little cells. You still have cell references and formulas. There's a lot more bells and whistles in you know Excel twenty twenty three. I don't even know what the latest one's called. To be honest, Excel three six five, I guess. Then like Excel one We have new types of charts and you know all these other things. But the fundamentals haven't really changed. And so what we're really trying to do is rethink the fundamentals of this kind of tool to provide a little bit more structure that enables a lot more automation uh, than is possible in the spreadsheet. And so you noticed this problem while you're a data scientist at that company. And so did you start experimenting on the side? Did you just quit and let's dive in full time? Mm -hmm. How did you transition to Causal? 
Yeah, it was it was probably about an eight month, eight or nine month period from having the idea and really starting to you know think about it, do some research, start talking to people before going full time. Actually, after I left Nested, I ended up joining a company called Retool in San Francisco, where I was the first employee. I was friends with the founders from university, and so joined them for a bit while while still kind of thinking about you know causal on the side and and, and doing research and so on. And I think I, I kind of came to the realization that like, hey, I, I have this idea I care about. I, you know, I've always wanted to start my own company. You know, I was 23 years old at the time. I didn't really have any responsibilities, financial or otherwise. I was living rent-free with my mom. And so it just felt like, okay, there's not going to be a better time to try and try and do this than now. And so it just felt like I was in a good position to kind of quit my job and, and just try and go all in on this. I think there was probably about a one, one or two month period where Lucas and I, on evenings and weekends, we were trying to build sort of a kind of demo of the product that we could showcase to a few people. And we ended up launching that online and we got a lot of, a lot of interest. We had, I think, like 600 or 700 people signed up, signed up to our waiting list based on that demo. And I think that was, that was the turning point that gave us the confidence to think, okay, all these people are interested in this kind of general idea that we've put out there. There must be something here. And, you know, now is a good time for us to, to quit our jobs and, and really try and do this. Yeah, that's a huge waiting list. That would be exciting. It's like, yeah, it's it's time to go and get this into production. So yeah, appreciate that background. So what year did you found Causal? Uh, yeah, we started the company in 2019, I think June, June 2019, officially. Okay. And do you have an uh, official company location? We're, we're a remote first company. We have entities in UK, US and Canada where we have a bunch of employees. But I think you know, our team is based across Europe and, and the US and Canada. And then where do you call home base? I'm based in London, so I'm here in our London office and I live, I live in London as well. Okay, great. And then what's your current team size? We are about 25 people right now. Pretty heavy on the engineering side, I think like 15 mm -hmm. engineers and then a few in sales, a few in customer success and other operations. Okay, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And anything you want to uh, share around your revenue range or AR range? Yeah, I can't share too many details. You know, we're, we're kind of, we're sort of out of the gates, we're above a million ARR, but I can't mm -hmm. share any, uh, anything mm -hmm. more than that. Uh, okay. Between. All right, that's great. Always great to hit that million threshold. So that's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, so, I think when we started the company, as 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 we got our first few customers, you know, orig originally in sort of twenty, I think in twenty twenty, we started experimenting with pricing and different different use cases. We we weren't focusing on FBNA at this time. We had some like marketing teams using us and and, and other people, and people were paying us like twenty thirty dollars a month. And at that time, it was you know we were so happy you know to get these twenty thirty dollar a month customers. Uh, but it seems so far away to ever get to a million ARR or even 100K of ARR. And so, yeah, day was definitely kind of a, a really good milestone mm -hmm. that kind of, yeah, made us feel like, okay, we, we have a business on our hands. We're not just kind of playing around with this random mm -hmm. thing that, that no one cares about. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So tell us about a little bit about your go-to-market motion. How are you finding prospects and landing them? Yeah, so it's mostly, it's mostly inbound, actually. And, you know, I, I think our vision as a product has always been to be the kind of tool that's very easy to pick up and start using for sort of simple use cases, but that also then scales up to uh, much more complex ones. And so since day one, we've we've always had sort of self-serve flow in the product where anyone can just sign up and start using it. And so today our go-to-market motion is kind of like product-led growth where people come into our website, they sign up for the product, they can do do some things on the free trial, they can connect their data sources, you know, build some models. And then depending on their customer segment, they might then talk to our sales team if they're slightly bigger companies, or they might just keep using it self-serve and upgrades to one of our, our paid plans. And today, about 25% of our revenue 
comes from our self-serve products. So people who broadly don't really interact with us before they start to pay us money. And then about three quarters of our revenue comes from a, a higher touch motion where they end up talking to the sales team and then our customer success team helps them with onboarding and, and so on. And with that inbound motion, I, where, where is your focus? Is it on fantastic content, SEOs, webinars? Tell us a little bit about how you're, you're driving traffic to your website. Yeah, I think we've, we've all been very fortunate with word of mouth, particularly within the tech community of VC-backed startups. I think th- you know, things like Twitter and, and other forums like that. We've always just been fairly public about what we're doing and, and, and always been pretty active on, on those channels. And so I think we have a good sort of word of mouth motion going there. Apart from that, I think SEO is probably the, the next biggest thing for us. About two years ago now, I think we started using GPT-3, the sort of AI thing to generate useful SEO pages. And so we get a lot of traffic through those kind of AI generated pages that get people uh, into our website. And then from there, they can start clicking around and, and discovering the product. And as far as the industries that you're after, of course, you're a tech company. Are you after other tech companies? Do you go after other industries? What's that that ideal fit right now? Yeah, to be honest, it's pretty industry agnostic. There's there's not any particular verticals that we that we focus on. We mostly focus on companies of certain sizes. And so our self-serve plan is a really good fit for companies that are maybe between 10 and 50 people in size where they probably don't have a full-time finance person yet, or they might have like a fractional CFO. And so it's the CEO is or some, you know, chief of staff or someone like that who has to manage the finances. So that's kind of the the persona that we're targeting for our self-serve product. And then for our more enterprise plans, it's kind of the lower mid-market that we're targeting. So companies between like 50 to 500-ish in, in terms of headcount. But again, it's, it's not, not industry specific. We have some SaaS companies, we have some you know, e-commerce companies and, you know, all sorts of other things in between. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we were talking a little bit before about the capital that you raised and sounds like about 20 million USD to date now. So a million seed, 4 million uh, seed. And then just most recently, well, I'm sorry, maybe I got that wrong. Yeah. 1 million seed for, or 1 million pre-seed, 4 million seed, and then a 20 million. Uh, yeah, yeah. So about 20, 25, 25, 25 to date so far. And tell us a little bit about that journey and maybe you can summarize kind of each one because for other founders going through this, looking at a, a pre-seed or seed, or maybe that series A, what did you see, or maybe what did you want to accomplish with, with each of those raises? Yeah, absolutely. So the first, the pre-seed round we did was probably three or four months into starting the company. We were really lucky here that a bunch of the people that had signed up to that waiting list that I mentioned, they happened to be you know, pretty well connected in the tech ecosystem with startups and VCs and so on. And so we actually managed to get warm introductions to pretty much all of our investors through that waiting list of people who were really excited about what we were doing, who wanted to help us out. And so that's how we found our first investors a few months into the company. And and with that $1 million, I mean, at the point when we raised that round, we pretty much just had the waiting list and like a super early, you know, prototype of the product that we were beta testing with maybe like 10 people or something really, really early. And the product's completely different from uh, what it what it looked like back then. So that was that was the first round, and I think yeah, the warm introductions were were, were really helpful there, because you know based in based in London, we weren't really plugged into kind of the ecosystem of you know West Coast VCs and so on, and so that kind of got us into that ecosystem where now most of our investors are. And so the the goal with that first million dollars was just to develop the first version of the product, 
get our first few paying customers and kind of validate that, you know, this, that we're roughly on the right uh, track with this business. And, you know, that's kind of where we ended up getting to. Uh, and then in, in Q1 of 2021, that was the first year where we really started to go to market. And so we'd, we'd built this kind of early version of the product. We'd set our sights on FP&A as the first use case that we wanted to go after. I think at the point that we raised the seed round, we probably had Maybe we had like five like paying customers of you know, from companies that were 50-ish, 50 to 100 people in size. At the time, they were paying us like three, $400 a month, which you know, seemed huge to us, at least compared to those you know, $20 a month contracts that we uh, that we previously had. And so, yeah, at the point that we raised the seed round, it wasn't really based on revenue milestones or anything like that. It was basically based on, hey, these guys, they've got, they got an interesting product. You know, people seem to want it. The team seems strong. And and that was that was the seed round, and then finally the Series A. You know, we we kept going to market that year. I think we were sort of nine months into really starting to sell the product, and and we had you know, a lot of momentum in the market. We were growing thirty uh, percent month on month for sort of six or seven months in a row, and I think we were about about half a million of ARR when we raised the Series A, which was a lot more revenue than a lot of Series A's that were done in twenty twenty one, but would definitely be on the lower end of uh, what would be expected. Uh, today in, in in 2023, and so uh, yeah, the Series A was kind of based on kind of on revenue and growth rates, and uh, the fact that we seem to be you know getting some momentum in the market. Okay, yeah, appreciate that that sharing that journey. That that's really helpful. And then now with the Series A funds, it looked at like in your press release, you know, you said heavy engineering probably from the beginning to build out this product, and now is it to start building out the other functional departments within Causal? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, the the goal with the Series A money is to really make sure that we have product market fit and to start really scaling up our go-to-market. So building sales and, and, and marketing functions and showing that, hey, we can turn X amount of dollars into Y amount of revenue. And so that's that's kind of the journey that we're on right now uh, of kind of you know making sure we really solidify that product market fit and then figuring out uh, a scalable go-to-market motion. And at the point of the Series B, uh, you know, if that stuff is in place, uh, then hopefully the next the next round can uh, basically pour fuel on, on that fire and, and let us really scale. Yeah, that's great. And for other founders going through this process right now, maybe thinking about a raise or in their fundraising journey, any lessons that you learned along the way to, um, along the way from pre-seed to Series A now? Yeah, honestly, I think I think we were very fortunate about the sort of wider market in 2020, 2019 to 2021 when we raised. I think it's probably quite a different ball game now. I mean, I, I think for the for the pre-seed, as I said, I think warm introductions are really helpful. And, you know, there is a sense in which it's absolutely true that sort of if you know the right people, if you're plugged into the right circles, it is much easier to raise money. But that's not to say that you can't become plugged into those circles by, you know, hustling, by launching something online. You know, everyone in tech is on Twitter or Hacker News or these these different forums. And so if you are a little bit creative and if you can get in front of those people, I think you know, pretty much anyone should actually be able to get plugged into those networks and get those warm introductions to invest investors, which are really crucial. I'd say for you know, for pre-seed and seed, that's kind of that's kind of the game of you know, making sure you're in a big market, having a strong team or some some kind of credibility behind you, some, you know, some initial signs of traction that some people want this, but you know, you don't need tons of revenue or anything. And then I think for Series A, it's it starts to become a bit more of a numbers game where investors want to see a really high growth rate. So, you know, 15% plus per month for a period of months, you know, up to about a million ARR is, is you know, pretty, pretty decent. And so that's what folks look for. And so 
yeah, I'd say like, make sure you have warm introductions and, you know, some promising signs of traction in a big market for pre-seed and seed. And then series A, you really need to start, start showing some revenue numbers. Yeah, I appreciate that insight. That's great to kind of show that journey and what general expectations around what's happening there. And then currently with Causal at your stage, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on to manage the business? Yeah, the big thing for us at the moment is really the time to value of our product. You know, we're the only kind of product-led FP&A tool in the market. And so for us, it's really important that once someone signs up, they can get value from the product really quickly without having to dig into our documentation and like learn this brand new product and, and so on. And so that's the main thing that we're trying to, to nail now. Uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, the product focus over the last couple of years was really build, building the foundation of, you know, this very general modeling tool that can be used you know, for, you know, for FP&A at small companies as well as big companies. But it's been very focused on kind of the modeling piece, which, you know, inherently has a bit of a learning curve. You have to understand the formula syntax and, and, and so on. And so now what we're trying to do is we, we're, we're pretty confident that, hey, pretty much anything is possible in Causal. There's nothing that you can't do in our platform. Let's now make it super easy for people to get value and get to that point where they, they have uh, everything set up. And so time to value is really the, the main focus. Yeah, I love that, especially 2023, you know, with things tightening up you know, or have tightened up. Like now, if we're going to put a tool in, let's make sure we put it in and, and we get you know, value out of that really quick. So love that. So Tim, I really appreciate your time and say, and as we wrap up, what's next for Causal? Yeah, the next thing that we're focusing on is having really good out of the box reporting based on different data sources. So that's kind of the next big launch that we're working on towards the end of this year. We want you to be able to come in, connect, you know, your CRM, for example, automatically see a bunch of interesting reports within the first couple of minutes without having to learn the tool. And then from there, you can then start, you know, building stuff yourself, whether that's forecasts or scenarios or, you know, sharing different things with different people. And so out of the box reporting is, is kind of the big focus. Oh, that's great. You know, and I know, you know, as a CFO, FP&A tools near and dear to my heart. And we always start with spread spreadsheets, as you know, but eventually you reach that, that pain point where we've got to move to an FP&A tool. And it just, once you've done that, you kind of see that light. Yeah. And man, yeah. it just improves your efficiency. Yeah. So, so big believer it did and in tools like yours. So really, really appreciate your time today. So if listeners would like to learn more about Causal, where should we send them online? Yeah, you can just check out our website, causal.app. It's often misspelled as casual.app, but we have that domain name as well. So you can actually go on casual.app and it'll, it'll redirect and you can sign up for the product for free and connect your data and start playing around. And if you'd like to talk to our sales team, you can, you can book a demo there. All right, perfect. Well, if you'd like to learn more, check out Causal, and that's C-A-U-S-A-L dot app, or you've got the other domain name, which is perfect. And Tamar, really appreciate your time today and sharing your journey and your insights. Cool. Thanks so much, Ben.